Grace you in peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God's word which we receive with joyful hearts this morning is from the Gospel of Mark chapter 1 verses 14 to 20. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also in the boat, mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. So far, the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. God's kingdom is like the Energizer bunny or an avalanche or that stone that keeps chasing Indiana Jones out of the temple. It just keeps going. Mark presents us this morning with the fact of Herod's great sin throwing John the Baptist, the preacher of the gospel, into prison. And the response of Jesus is to come preaching that same gospel. Herod tries to silence the preaching. Jesus keeps preaching. Herod tries to stop John and Jesus calls four more into the preaching ministry. Martin Luther wrote that beautiful hymn, Flung to the Heedless Winds, in which he describes the ashes of the martyrs who were burned for the sake of witnessing to Christ as being picked up by the wind and spread throughout the earth, proclaiming the kingdom of God. Martin Luther was, of course, not suggesting that the ashes actually accomplished anything, but was pointing to the fact that when the witnesses of God and the preachers of the kingdom are martyred or burned at the stake, the result is that those who witness it see their dedication, see their great faith, and are inspired. Where there were a few, now there are many going throughout the world. We see the truth of that in the book of Acts. When the church of God was persecuted, the believers were dispersed, left Jerusalem, went everywhere preaching the gospel. Satan tried to smash the center of the gospel, the center of the kingdom, the center of Christianity, and the results were that the embers flew and the whole empire was started ablaze. The kingdom keeps going. In 1776, the famous French philosopher Voltaire declared that 100 years from my day, there will not be a Bible on the earth except one that is looked upon by an antiquarian curiosity seeker. Yet 100 years later, Voltaire was dead, and his house and his printing press were being used to print and store the Bible. God's kingdom keeps going despite all that satan in this world attempts to do to stop it despite the great king herod trying to silence john the baptist jesus came preaching the kingdom 
Jesus is our great prophet. He is the one who came down from heaven to declare the Father to us. The Apostle John in his Gospel reminds us, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. And again in John 3.13, no one has ascended to heaven, but He who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. Jesus is our great prophet because He alone sat in the bosom of the Father and was able to come and explain and preach to us the wonders of God and His kingdom. Which is why in a couple weeks we will hear God the Father declare on the Mount of Transfiguration, this is my beloved Son, hear Him. He is the one we are to listen to because He is from the Father. Jesus came down from heaven to proclaim that gospel of the kingdom. And in confirmation class, our kids learn not only that Jesus was our great prophet who did proclaim the kingdom perfectly, but that he still proclaims the kingdom. He is still our great prophet who preaches through his word and through pastors and teachers and evangelists. This is a truth that it's not just something that we learn so we can answer the question on the test or, or so that our confirmation kids can stand here at the front of church and, and, and give the answer on, on confirmation day. This is an article of faith which we need to grasp and hold closely to our hearts and remember because our lives depend upon it that it is still Jesus proclaiming and preaching to us through His called workers despite our sinfulness and our failings and our frailties. Jesus comes to us and His Gospel continues. He continues to preach that kingdom. Preachers come and go. Martyrs are imprisoned, killed, and burned. Churches are built up and torn down. But Jesus is still preaching the Gospel of the Kingdom. I was just reading an article about a, a professor in Arizona who set up a camera with a thousand-year exposure. He set it up so that it would take a picture. It would take a thousand years to take one picture. And the idea is that at the end of that thousand years, uh, only what was permanent and lasting was going to be be seen on that photo, and everything else would be blurred. God's picture of the world is the kingdom, the preaching of the gospel remains while everything else blurs around it, coming and going. When one preacher is silenced, Jesus calls four more and continues to preach through them the love of God. Not even Herod's great sin could stop the preaching of the gospel. You know, the man who put Herod, or sorry, put John in prison, there's lots of different Herods, and it's easy to get him confused. But the one that put John in prison was Herod Antipas, who was ruler in Galilee. So here we have the king of Galilee putting John in prison, and Mark tells us that Jesus' response was to go to Galilee and preach the gospel. Why did he go to the very place where Herod, the one who threw John in prison, was ruling? Was he challenging Herod? Was he showing off? Our text tells us exactly why he went. He went to preach 
the kingdom and repentance. He went to preach repentance to all of Galilee, including Herod. This is always God's response to the sin of man, isn't it? When man sinned, God comes to man, confronting men with their sin and calling them to repentance. And so Jesus also, in the face of Herod's wickedness, went to Galilee to proclaim repentance, calling Herod to repentance. Cain murdered his brother, and what did God do? He came to him, calling him to repentance. Saul disobeyed God, killing the sheep and goats, or keeping, keeping alive, he was supposed to kill him, keeping alive the sheep and the goats that he was not supposed to, and God sent his prophet, calling him to repentance. We heard in our Old Testament reading the great wickedness of Nineveh, and God's response is not to send fire and brimstone down upon them, but to send Jonah, calling them to repentance. Ananias and Sapphira there, he did actually um, send down death on Ananias and Sapphira because of their sin. But first, he called them to repentance. Of course Jesus went to Galilee immediately after Herod did such a wicked thing. He went to call him, along with everyone, to repentance. Because of his great love, because of his mercy, he keeps preaching the kingdom of God and repentance. Our response when somebody does something we don't like is usually more like Herod, isn't it? To get angry. God's response when people commit great wickedness and sin against him is to come with that love of God and call us to repentance, to acknowledge him. We can compare Herod and Jesus in our text the Herod of anger, because John the Baptist was correctly pointing out to Herod that it was not a right thing for him to do to take his brother's wife. Jesus, not happy with Herod's uh, imprisoning and killing his prophet, rather than responding in anger, responds in that love of God, calling him to repentance. Which one are you more like? As Jesus calls us to repentance this morning, we have to, each one of us, search our hearts. Are we more like Herod, quick to respond in anger when people do things we don't like, even before we really stop to find out what actually happened? Or more like Jesus, responding in love and preaching God's mercy and forgiveness? The fact that we have to admit we're often more like Herod is just one more reason that we're so grateful that Jesus is not like us. One more reason that we're so grateful that Jesus comes preaching repentance and God's love. The gospel, the kingdom keeps going. Not just in Galilee, but to all. When Jesus called the disciples to leave their fishing and become fishers of men. And they left everything. Notice how they immediately left everything. Their families, their lives, their business, their money, their source of income. They left all to follow Jesus. He was calling them to dedicate their lives to this task because it was so important, because it was so necessary. Jesus reminds us, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. 
There is nothing more necessary than that that gospel keep on going, keep on being preached. Psalm 68.11 reminds us, the Lord gave the word great was the company of those who proclaimed it. And Paul reminds us in Ephesians that God, that Jesus ascended on high and gave gifts to men. What gifts did he give? Pastors and teachers and apostles and evangelists to proclaim the word of God. When Jesus came to this world, some of the lepers were healed. Some of the blind saw, some of the deaf heard, some of the dead were raised, some of the demons were cast out. But all heard the preaching of the gospel and the call to repentance. We would love it. It would be nice if we lived in a world where we could heal every disease, fix every problem, give comfort to every troubled heart and soul perfect world, perfect politics. But Jesus knows that the one thing that is necessary is the preaching of the gospel. We, each and every one of us, have different challenges, different troubles, different sufferings, different heartaches in our lives. God promises to be with us, but he doesn't always promise that every earthly problem will go away, that every earthly trouble will be what he does promise us is that that gospel will continue in Matthew Jesus recounts for us all the troubles that will plague the world even unto the ends of the time but then he finishes with this promise the gospel of the kingdom will be preached unto the ends of the earth God gives healing as he see fits he prolongs the life of one and shortens the life of another as it is written, my times are in your hands, O Lord. But the gospel keeps going. All he calls to repentance and to all he gives that promise of salvation through his death and resurrection. The kingdom keeps going now as it ever has. Jesus keeps preaching to us through his word and through his called servants. He keeps calling men to repentance and he keeps sending out his ministers so that where there was one, now there are four. The gospel keeps coming. This is the promise which we have received from him and which we rely upon and which gives us hope and comfort that we too will see his salvation and through this preaching he will lead and guide us even to the ends of our lives. Amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.